The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome back to Bay Takes Podcast. My name is Mikey. And I'm Gus. And today we have a very special guest with us, Mr. Ross Tucker. He's the host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. He's a former NFL offensive lineman. And specifically, you should go check him out on social media, especially TikTok. We know we have a lot of you guys from TikTok and you need to go check him out. Ross Tucker NFL, really engaging stuff. Um, sometimes I like his videos more than I like our videos. So you should definitely go check him out there. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, everywhere. Also Twitter, Instagram, all those things. But Ross Tucker NFL and TikTok, go check him out. Today we've got uh, some NFC contender playoff picture stuff for you. Um, specifically Niners, Vikings, Eagles, and maybe a little Cowboys. Um, and just sort of who we think can emerge because I feel like a lot of them have questions and we have some burning questions about each of them that we want to ask you, Ross. And obviously you're an expert on these things. So we felt like you were the best person to ask. So Mikey, take it away. Yeah. So first, what do you think the Eagles playoff outlook is like? Really good. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but I do the Eagles preseason games on TV. I do their pregame show on the radio. It's kind of funny, actually. I, Grew up a huge Eagles fan. Like, I used to go to training camp, get their autographs. I used to go to games with my dad when I was little. And then yet, I feel like I played for almost every team other than them. I played for five teams, never the Eagles. I, I started against the Eagles for the Cowboys, which was just weird. Um, imagine whoever your favorite team is playing against them. It's just kind of um, – it's a little bit bizarre. But I say all that to tell you guys, this is the best Eagles team I've ever seen. Um, they really are that good. Now, they took some shots against the Cowboys in terms of Lane Johnson and Avante Maddox, both being hurt. And we'll see how healthy those guys are for the playoffs, if at all. But top to bottom, I think it's the best roster in the NFL. I think they're the best team in the NFL. I think they're highly likely to only have two home playoff games with the number one seed to get to the Super Bowl. So, I would say uh, their outlook is very good. I think uh, two things jump out to me. You know, number one, we'll see if Gardner Minshew or Jalen Hurts starts on Sunday. But if it's Minshew and they clinch number one seed, then you might have about a month or more without Jalen Hurts playing football. And that becomes a little bit of concern there then, right? Because... These are not seven-game series like the NBA or five-game series or whatever. It's a one-game thing. So if Jalen Hurts comes out and he's rusty in their first playoff game against the Cowboys or whatever, they, they could lose. I mean, that, that's the reality of the NFL is it's not always the best team that wins it. Much more so, it feels like, than the other sports. I mean, for me, I guess the biggest thing that worries me yeah, is, is sort of what goes on with – Okay, so we've got we've seen teams that are juggernauts like the Eagles have been all season, and we've seen plenty of teams have these really great records. And the Eagles, I do think, are the best I've seen them in years, and that I can remember in my relatively short lifetime. Uh, they've been really, really good this season against good teams and bad teams. It doesn't matter. I know their schedule's been relatively easy, but I really like what they've been able to do top to bottom uh, throughout the season. 
I think the way I'm looking at it is basically a lot of these teams that sort of peak, and I think the Eagles are still at their peak right now. If your injury luck hits at the wrong time, it can get really bad. C.J. Gardner-Johnson's still out with the kidney thing, and we don't really know what the timetable for that is. Um, and Lane Johnson, obviously one of the Eagles fans, talk about him as one of the most important players on the team, I agree. Uh, that offensive line has been so crucial. And while I think it's still a great offensive line, even without Lane Johnson, I think there's a lot of questions for a team that's as good as the Eagles are. Now, When I feel like the way we view NFL teams is we look at a team and we say, if they're good, we ask questions as to what we can point, what are their weaknesses? And if they're bad, we talk about like, what are their strengths? So we're going to look at them somewhat negatively uh, just by design, but I like their outlook. Uh, I'm not, like you said, I'm a little worried about the whole Minshew Hurts thing because something came out today or yesterday that was like, it's like an SC joint instead of an AC joint. And so it's more complicated. And it's like, I don't really know the medical side of things, but I don't know. I'm a little more worried than some people might be. Mikey, what do you think? Yeah, I think the Eagles, I mean, this is no surprise to me and Gus. We both have had them as the number one seed going into the season. So um, we know their weapons. We know that their defense is good top to bottom, but I'm worried about Jalen Hurts' ability to run the ball now because will he be less aggressive? And I think Jalen Hurts' rushing ability alone is a weapon for the Eagles. And taking that away can change their game plan a lot just because Jalen Hurts can go for 80 yards and a touchdown. It seems like rushing the ball any game he wants and taking that away would be huge if they don't want to risk his injury. Again, I also really like what you said, Ross, about um, Jalen Hurts not playing for a month because that's huge as well. Right? That's like the first game of the season again, um, being out of touch with a lot of his guys as well. So honestly, I, and I'm by not the as way, bullish as what I you said about him running is why I personally um, would not play him. On Sunday, and it doesn't look like they're gonna. Literally, as we're talking right now, um, Adam Schefter just tweeted that they're listing Jalen Hurts as doubtful for Sunday's game, which uh, I don't think any player that's been doubtful all year has actually played in the game. So I think that's a smart decision by the Eagles. Minshew's a good backup. And, you know, if you're the Eagles, you want to make sure if you go down, you go down with your MVP candidate quarterback 100% and able to run because, Michael, it is a huge weapon when he runs. I mean, the combination of having a really good O-line, two excellent receivers, and then a running threat like that at quarterback, it just makes it hard for the defenses to be right. I mean, to have enough defensive players to account for the quarterback as, as a runner – you have to put the extra safety in the box, right? To have think about the blocking, think about the numbers. Well, then when you do that, you only have one safety in the middle of the field. So on some extent, on some extent, some level, each receiver outside is now basically man to man. Unless they get deep middle, they're basically man to man outside. Which good luck. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw Eagles Cowboys game, but even their number two guy, Devonte Smith, is just really, really gifted uh, with his body control and his route running, which is one of the reasons why this Eagles team is so loaded. I guess the biggest issue I have with, or like the the biggest concern I have with Hurts, if his running, if, if he's still banged up, and hopefully he is 100%, because I'd love to see a 100% Eagles team or as close to 100% as they can be, 
is like how much does it take away if he's limited running the football? I think a team still has to at least game plan for his running and that still changes things. But if we see him not running a lot during that game, does it make the defense more aggressive or are they able to drop another safety back more? I don't really know if teams are still going to be. He's going to run, afraid. dude. I'm just I telling think he you. Will, but I'm saying in the playoffs, like, first of all, that's for him. That's going to be a while away. I mean, it's still three more weeks now. We got this game, another game, the bye, more than likely, and then the playoffs. And his instincts are going to take over. He's not just trying to play for a Super Bowl. He's trying to play for a contract. I, I'd be shocked if he doesn't run a bunch in the playoff games when they have to have it. All right, I, let's I, move on to the yeah. – you want to move on to the number two seed? Let's so the number two seed currently um, is the Vikings, and they've had a roller coaster of a season um, – and so are they frauds because they've had so many close games or are they clutch? Well, they're definitely not frauds. Um, I, I don't really like that term. I know a lot of people say that. Heck, I have a betting podcast, the Even Money Betting Podcast, and my co-host calls them frauds all the time. So I get it. Um, they're absolutely clutch, but they also have one – more than their fair share of these close games, right? I mean, 11-0 and in one-score games, that's just unheard of. It's not sustainable. I can guarantee you that won't happen next year. just doesn't work that way. I still think they're good, though. You know, people are like, oh, they're – well, okay, hold on a second. Kirk Cousins has been a top-10 quarterback this year. Justin Jefferson's the best receiver. Adam Thielen's a really good number-two receiver. TJ Hawkinson's a top 10 tight end. Dalvin Cook's a top 10 run. I mean, I'm naming like every position right now, and they're pretty much top 10 in all of them. So definitely not frauds. Definitely are probably not as good as you would think from a 12-3 and three team, right? I mean, the Eagles beat them bad. The Cowboys massacred them. You know, we, we've seen these games where they've gotten beat pretty bad by teams that are better than them, but – 12 and three is still 12 and three. They found a way to win those games. And I don't think they're going to be an easy out for anyone in the playoffs in Minnesota, but I don't really picture them having a chance to go to the Super Bowl. You know, to me, it's the Eagles one, Niners two, Cowboys three, and then Vikings four. Um, although it's still tough for the Cowboys to win three road playoff games, but the way they've been playing as of late, I still put them as having the third best chance to get to the Super Bowl. For for me with the with the Vikings, um, I'm more of a numbers guy than Mikey is, and when I go look at the numbers, it's like like you said, eleven and zero in one score games. Uh, of their twelve wins, eleven of them are one score. They have one win by more than one score, and one score games are like a big statistics thing where like you are bound to regress and that's probably going to regress next season because you have a much larger sample size. I guess like I can see a world where they win a playoff game or two playoff games. I don't know if they can get to the Super Bowl just because like I don't know if they you were you were on the call if I'm not mistaken for Colts Vikings. Yeah. And that game I was listening to on the radio and I watched a little bit of it and obviously that was crazy but I, I don't know. The thing that worries me the most is like, I don't know what a game like that says more about the Vikings 
having incredible comeback skills and being incredibly like good when it comes to coming back when you're behind in a game that matters? Or does it say more about the fact that they were down 33 nothing to the Colts, who have been one of the worst teams in football in the last six, seven weeks, maybe most of the season? That's the beauty of it, right? You can kind of go either way with that if you want. You could say uh, they're bad enough to be down 33-0 to the Colts and they're good enough to win by and come back and have the greatest comeback in NFL history. You know, ultimately, I think for this season, you have to give them a lot of credit for the belief that they have in those close games that – they're going to be able to get it done because that's all they've done all year. So I think that actually serves them well in the playoffs. I just don't think their defense is good enough, right? I mean, their defense has been a problem really the whole year. They've hemorrhaged yards. I think the best game I think I saw Mac Jones have all year was at Minnesota on Thanksgiving night. So they just haven't been very good on the defensive side of the ball, not at least not good enough, which is strange, by the way, because I feel like their personnel is better than that. I mean, Daniil Hunters, Adarius Smith, Kendricks and Hicks at linebacker, Harrison Smith on the back end, Peterson. I mean, their personnel is better than as bad as the Vikings defense has been. So I think that they're they're in for an interesting first round matchup. I mean, they're they're a team that even if they're the two seed, the seven seed commanders or lions or whoever wouldn't shock me if they went in there and won. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with the defensive side. Um, I think that the personnel is really good, but all season I haven't seen anything that resembles the number two seed. Um, and I just think if you win 11 times in these close scoring games and the playoffs is all about how clutch you are, why can't they just keep doing it? I get that they're not that the regression is bound to happen. I get that this is impossible. But it's been impossible all year. Why can't it just keep being impossible? Like if you, they've proven over and over again in these close scoring games that they're not going to be nervous, they're not going to give up. That's what the playoffs is about. The playoffs isn't about the team that can win by 30 or win by 40 because all of the teams in the playoffs are good enough or at least they should be. If a team can do this over and over and over again in the regular season and they're used to these high-pressure games, I like to bet on that team than a team that's been winning by 30 and hasn't had to deal with a lot of this pressure because it's bound to happen in the playoffs, in my opinion. It's an interesting point. Um, I, I think, like I said, the fact that they – like, I, here's how, how I describe it to people. When I played New England, like, and Brady was the quarterback, you just kind of knew you're going to win, like, late in the game. Like, you're like, we got Brady, we're going to win. When I had Bledsoe, who was a really good quarterback, you're like, I think we're going to win. You know, we got we got Bledsoe. Other quarterbacks, it was like, man, I hope this guy can get it done, you know? <clears throat> right now, the Vikings are in, they know they're going to win close game mode, right? Like, they just expect to win it. And I think there's something to be said for that. I just, I, I guess I'm to like pick against or for the Vikings. I'm too, I'd be too worried to pick them because of just like the numbers that just say that they should regress. And then the, but I'm not 
like I'm not strong enough against them because I can see Justin Jefferson going in, like having like two 200 yard games in the postseason, and all of a sudden they're in the NFC Championship game and they're a game away from the Super Bowl. And while I don't think they're the second best team or the best team in the NFC, I think that like I can see a world where it happens. I think last season in the AFC we saw the Bengals. I don't think anyone or very few people had them in the Super Bowl, a team that won a lot of close games that w- that was you know clutch. They had Joe Shiesty, Joe Burrow, whatever you want to call him. He was icy. He had Joe Shiesty? I haven't heard that one. You've never heard Joe Shiesty? Joe Shiesty was like what? his whole, yeah. When he had the glasses, the Cartier lenses with the big overcoat. I mean, I've seen, I saw what he looked like, but I didn't know people were calling him Shiesty. Dude, I'm a lot <laughs> older than you guys. I don't see like We Shiesty. have different Twitter feeds. Really? Yeah. <laughs> no, he was, it was all over, all over social media. Joe Shiesty. Anyways, they had Joe Cool. I know that's Joe Montana, but they were calling him Joe Cool. He was no, he is Joe Cool, but he can't be Joe Cool because it's Montana. But yeah. that's like the perfect nickname for him. Because I interviewed him right after they won the AFC Championship, and he was like so calm. He was talking to me like he was in the library or something. Like it was wild. Meanwhile, like two minutes earlier, I was talking to Mixon, and Mixon was like crying and was so happy that they had won. It was wild. Just a wild difference between those guys. Anyways, my point being there that I'm, I mean, Burrow's a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins is, but we've seen a team that it's like, I don't know, their defense is like has some issues. I think the Bengals defense is better than the Vikings, but we've seen a team that's so good in clutch games and come out and all of a sudden make a Super Bowl run. And I'm not saying I think the Vikings will, but we've seen it happen too many times where we can't just be like, I can't see a world where it happens, even though I in no bracket will I pick the Vikings to make the Super Bowl or win it. I, that's just sort of how I feel. Mikey, let's move on because being from the Bay Area, this is probably maybe your favorite segment, my favorite segment, one of our of the podcast, and that's the San Francisco 49ers who well, might you go into it because I feel like this is this is your this is first and foremost your team. Yeah, so another team with weapons, and it seems like both all of these teams have four different guys who can, you know, go out and score a touchdown any game. <clears throat> but the 49ers are an anomaly because we have a seventh round quarterback as our starter. And, you know, we might get Jimmy back, but the way Brock is playing right now, there's no reason not to keep starting him. So do you think that the 49ers should be the favorite in the NFC and B, do you think that a seventh round quarterback third string to start can lead the 49ers to a Super Bowl? So, um, so first of all, I do not think they should be the favorite. And that said, I do have them number one in my podcast power rankings. So, you know, my power rankings are basically like, which team do I think is better, right? So right now in Wichita, Kansas, if the Niners played a best of five series against anybody, I would take the Niners. Like they're getting Elijah Mitchell back. They're getting Debo back. They're playing at a really high level. Eagles just lost Avante Maddox and Lane Johnson and Hurts is beat up. Like, I think right now the Niners are the best team. But I also think their path is significantly harder, right? Like, right now, they're going to have to win three playoff games as opposed to two for the Eagles. They're going to have to win more than likely two of those on the road. Maybe not, um, but probably at least one of those on the road. Eagles, two at home. So it's because of the path that I would still have the Eagles as the favorite. But I think that, like I said, I think the Niners are the best team right now. 
You know, the Purdy thing is interesting because we have seen young, unknown quarterbacks kind of come out of nowhere to lead teams to the Super Bowl and to win it, quite frankly, right? Like Kurt Warner in 99 was a nobody. They won the Super Bowl. Tom Brady in 2001, uh, my rookie year, was a six-round pick. They won the Super Bowl. Now, the flip side is, like, those guys are both Hall of Fame players. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, on the one hand, it's like, yeah, you can come out of nowhere and lead you to the Super Bowl. On the other hand, it's like, those guys both kind of are in the Hall of Fame, or Brady's at least going to be. So, um, I think, well, first of all, let me take a step back. I, I see no scenario whereby Garoppolo plays again unless Purdy gets hurt. I mean, if they're in the conference championship game, they're not going to bench Purdy at that point to put in Jimmy G because Purdy would have gotten them to that point, to the conference championship game. So unless Purdy gets hurt, I, I don't see Jimmy G going back in. So that's number one. Uh, number two, I think they are good enough the way they're playing right now. And I think because they've played so well and Purdy's played so well, I think that's a big part of it, right? Like, they believe in him. He's played well. He's given them no reason not to believe. And I've been on some teams where you win four, five, six games in a row, whatever it is. You think you're unstoppable, dude. Like, you think nobody can beat us. We are unstoppable. So right now, all those guys are totally bought in to Purdy. It's probably unlikely that he wins three playoff games including two on the road for them to get to the Super Bowl but I wouldn't put it past them not the way they're playing right now not the way their defense is playing and nobody has sort of seemingly figured out any weaknesses with him yet and I actually think his mobility on the bootlegs and the nakeds gives them a, a totally different vibe and weapon that Jimmy was giving them. You know, Brock can run a little bit. Brock can press the edge on those boots that Jimmy really couldn't really do anymore. And I think that that's something that Kyle Shanahan really, really likes. So are they number two for you? Absolutely. A absolutely. And I would say a close to, to the point where if they were the one seed and the Eagles were two or the three seed, I would have the Niners as the favorite in the NFC. They're playing really well. They're getting Debo and Elijah Mitchell back. Um, I mean, they got a very good team. They got Kinlaw back. I, I hope they do play the Eagles. I think those are the two best teams. I think it'd be amazing to watch them play an NFC championship game. I would want to see that game too. I think – with the 49ers, like, I think they've, for the last five or six weeks, they've been the best team in the NFL. Like, I feel like they have the least questions overall as a whole roster, just with the Eagles getting banged up. Um, and then you look at how they run the football, excellent coaching, both on offense with Shanahan and defense. D'Amico Ryans is probably going to be one of the premier head coaching hires. Mike and I were talking about this pre-podcast. Um, he's obviously an incredible defensive coordinator and they have just so many guys. I think I was maybe the commanders who were talking about it post game. And they were talking about like against most defenses. Like you're like, we need to score these points. We need to get field goals, touchdowns in the 49ers. It's like, Oh, we got a first down. Like that's how ferocious they've been. The front seven's awesome. 
The secondary, which has been a question in past years, has been really, really good. Jimmy Ward's been great. Traverius Ward has been, you know, Pro Bowl caliber. Um, and if he's healthy, they're – I mean, I just think – then they always seem to have – I feel like they get an injury, and then all of a sudden – By the way, I got, I got something to add to that, Gus. Where did this Hufunga guy come from? <laughs> I swear I didn't even know who he was before the season – now every game I watch, Hufunga has like three sweet plays. It looks like he looks like vintage Choi Polamalu out there. Did All he make a friends. bunch of plays last year? Because I swear this guy came out of nowhere and now he's amazing. Well, he wasn't good. A lot of our friends actually wanted the 49ers to cut him or get rid of him because he wasn't good and now he's he was a fifth one round of the best pick. safeties. Well, so we have one friend who's a diehard 49ers fan and he's like one of those guys that's always on Twitter and like all the, you know, you know, those guys and he's great. We love him. We love, we love the fact that he's so invested. And if we ever have a 49ers question, it's always like, yo, what can you give us? Cause you're kind of like the insider that we know, even though he's like 17 or 18 and he's, he's like us, but he knows his stuff. And last year, um, Hufanga was really raw. I think, um, but he did make a big play in the play uh, game against the Packers. I'm pretty sure he blocked that punt, or at least he yeah. took it in for the touchdown. Um, and I was like, oh, that guy, I mean, he's on special teams. He looks pretty good. I don't think anybody saw this coming, though. Um, I think coverage, he's still a little iffy, but he's gotten, like, he got Pro Bowl buzz. I think he deserved it. And, like, in terms of, like, stopping the run and stuff, like, he comes out of nowhere. He lays some hits on people that, like, I'm not, I'm not going to call him, like, what he isn't, but... Like I don't then did the Niners really need another defensive star? <laughs> and they got one. So <laughs> I just feel like they find new guys every time. And on offense, I'm not surprised because it's Shanahan. But on defense, I don't know. Like they just find these guys at it. Like, um, who is it? Like uh Willis made like a bunch of plays in the last game. Like these guys, I like I've heard of them. I know who they are. I've used them in Madden and, and, and like rebuilding a team before. But do I really like know a lot about the player? No. And then they come out of nowhere. And I feel like the Niners have a lot of those guys. And I mean, I'm not picking against the Niners. I would as a team, like you said, I think they're the best team in football right now. And they're doing it with Mr. Irrelevant, who's now apparently very, very relevant to this NFL playoff run that they could make. Yeah, yeah I hate I mean, that term. I hate the Mr. Irrelevant thing. Like, he got drafted. I don't even know what that means. I didn't get drafted. I was undrafted for agent. So, um, kudos to the Niners, by the way, for having the conviction to draft him and to have him ready to play this well. It's really impressive. I'm rooting for him. I, I love the underdog. I love the guy that, you know, didn't get the offers he wanted out of high school and his undersized and all that stuff. I can very much relate to sort of the uphill battle. Although Brock hasn't even had that much of an uphill battle. I mean, he's only a rookie. He's already starting on a loaded team. So cry me a river, Brock Purdy. Yeah, he has insane confidence too, which is really rare for somebody, especially someone drafted in the seventh round. Honestly, he just walks in there, makes I'd rather throws. start. Yeah. Brock Purdy has more like weapons than Jimmy G does. And I wouldn't even be surprised like if you told me like before the season that <clears throat> Brock Purdy with what he has is going to end up being a better quarterback with his tools. I mean, he completes the same throws that Jimmy does and he can complete deeper passes and he has legs. Like why would Jimmy be better? He's better for the 49ers right now. And the only thing I'm worried about is the three interception game that's bound to happen. And I just hope it happens next season. Or next week. <laughs> hey, Hey, come on. He's going to lead us to a super bowl. That's what I think. Yeah, I made a, I had a what is hopefully 
famous enough to be infamous. A couple weeks ago, we did a contender, a pretender, and we went through all the teams, and I said, I don't think the 49ers can win the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy because I think we see him come in one week, and they're good in the first week because the defense hasn't game planned. And as soon as they game plan, he's not going to be good anymore. And look what happens. Now I'm just the odd man out, and I'm the only person who was hating on Brock Purdy. So They're never going to figure Brock him Purdy. out. They're never going to figure him out. I went and saw the Bucks play the 49ers, and um, he was surgical. So I don't know. I'm not going to pick against Brock Purdy. He's definitely not the best quarterback that's in this playoff picture, but – I'm also not going to bet against him the way he's been playing lately. All right. Well, that pretty much wraps up all we wanted to talk about today. I think so, Mikey, right? Yep. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Ross. Um, invaluable analysis, of course. Um, glad we could inform you of the Joe Shiesty name. <laughs> and um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you guys for having me. All right. Thank you, guys. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.